welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life, and it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast. We start a brand new series today, and this one I have never done. Something that I've always wanted to do, a series that I think you will really enjoy and gain insights from, but one that I've never endeavored to do before. Although, uh, you will find facts about what I'm going to share with you in my book, as well as parallels, and that's what we're going to call this, Parallels of Neuroscience and Faith. And I'm going to take, first to start us out, a section right out of Chapter 8 of my book, Reframe and Rewire. And we're going to read a passage from a couple of faith sources. And really, it's just uncanny how much these agree with each other. So let's get started on this because I have a good chunk of this I want to read to you before we talk a bit more. Reading or studying self-help books or materials to improve your life or career will simply dissipate or quickly be forgotten because you have not altered your inner life in order to receive these truths. As written in earlier chapters, the process of creating new neural pathways begins with the growth of new dendrites. Just like a newborn baby needs constant attention and nourishment, Newly formed and growing neural networks need attention and nourishment. If they do not receive attention at least every 48 hours, they can denature or turn into hot air. Now, many of you might remember me talking about that in the past. So we're going to continue to read on. How many times have you learned or read something that influenced you, but it ultimately didn't change you? This is because you didn't attend to to your mind and heart by creating new habits and new routines to incorporate the change that was required. I'm reminded of an analogy or parable found in three of the synoptic synoptic gospels in the Christian Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the Arabic life of Buddha. So both we're going to read from both of those books. Aside from the suppositions of religion, the wisdom in this story helps explain the significance of this important understanding. Its relevance is clearly universal despite its origin. The first parable as written in the book of Matthew, which is the first of four Gospels, in the chapter of 13 of the Bible, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a, a crop, a hundred, sixty, and thirty times more than that was sown. That was, that was Matthew thirteen three through nine. Now we're going to read the second part from the Arabic life of Buddha, Bilohar and Buddhasaf's version. I hope I'm pronouncing that right of the parable of the sower. In fact, it's almost identical to the one written above. And after I get done reading both of these, then we're going to talk about the significance of this in relationship to neuroscience. So this is what it says. The sower is the bearer of wisdom. The good seed is the good word. That which falls on the wayside and the birds steal is that which is not only just heard and then forgotten. 
uh, I'm sorry, which, which is only he just heard and then forgotten. That which falls on the rocky ground, which is wet and then dry, when roots reach the rock. That's the listener who is good for a moment when he hears it, and then his heart and his heart is ready, and it seizes his intelligence, but he does not hold it in his memory, his intention, or his reason. That which grows and gets to the point of giving fruit, but thorns make it perish, is that which the listener retains and understands, but when it comes time for action, which is the fruit, lusts uh, stifle it and make it perish. Finally, that which falls on good ground remains intact, grows, matures, and prospers is uh, that which the eye perceives, the ear retains, the heart preserves, and is put into practice with firm resolution following the act of taming lust and purifying the heart of defilement. So that was from that Arabic life of Buddha. Now, I'm not trying to emphasize one religion or the other. That's not the point of all this. This is the point of all that. Okay, so then we're going to read on for the rest of this, this section here. So despite being deemed as religious in nature, this basic truth can be found in many other readings or philosophies. Interestingly, it describes the process of neuroplasticity in an accurate but parabolic way. The birds and the rocky soil represent our hearts in a hardened state when we're unable to grasp or hold on to new concepts due to hurt, deception, or other impediments discussed in previous chapters. The new growth of dendrites does not thrive amid these impediments as it does in good soil. Therefore, new growth squelched or simply converts into hot air within a couple of days. The description of the seeds sown in weedy, thorny soil portrays an analogy about what happens to newly formed neural pathways as a result of retraining or rewiring our brain. Despite the value we may have in new concepts, we reason using old, familiar thinking patterns based on our go-to negative emotions. Just as plants become choked out, our thoughts become consumed by the cares of this world, depriving new pathways of the necessary electricity needed to thrive, and therefore they denature. Finally, the good soil, which retains seeds and consistently nourishes them, produces extended periods of consistent growth, which multiplies the plants. The same is true with creating new neural networks, in time, new growth increases the power to multiply our perceptions and can even change characteristics of our personality. Ultimately, we alter our subconscious, thereby creating a new future. The unfortunate truth is that the process can occur within us in either a positive or a negative manner, meaning we can grow positive neural networks or negative neural networks based on positive or negative information that we feed into ourselves. So it could be lies and propaganda, for example, or it could be wisdom and knowledge that could change and transform our lives for the better. Either way, we can program it in. But the point of these reading these two passages and these two uh, parabolic messages is, is an understanding that the, the philosophy behind this goes way back, many, many, many hundreds, thousands of years, and has always been known by man and written by man, but also it needs to be understood in this era, in this day, and especially in your life if you want to move forward and become the person that you want to become, okay? And so the seed and the sower, neuroplasticity, were the comparison used here in the analogy between the two. And we're going to share a few more, actually many more, parallels and bits of wisdom that I believe could transform how you see things and maybe give you a brand new beginning. Please join us back. This is Michelle Steffes. Reframe and rewire. Keep reaching higher. Thank you for joining me.